On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Andy Hooper from Global E-Commerce Experts. We talked all about the steps that you need to take to be able to expand into Europe. Andy helps e-com companies in general uh, expand into Europe uh, with an aim of increasing revenue up to about 80% of where you are in your target market. We talked through all the steps that you need to do to do that or how you can potentially get them to help you do it. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above listen up are you struggling with ads this year uh how about growth in general what about profitability supply chain issues got you down you are not alone as a brand owner myself i totally get this ios 14 has ravaged many smaller brands the good news our clients at upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched don't get me wrong We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world. But we learned some incredible lessons along the way. And we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I am joined by the elusive Andy Hooper, all the way from uh, just south of London in England, from Global E-Commerce Experts. Andy, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks very much, Jordan. Thank you very much for having us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, So for people who know nothing about you or uh, Global E-Commerce Experts, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you guys do. Nice. So my name's Andy Hooper. I'm the CEO at Global E-Commerce Experts. And here at GNU, Global E-Commerce Experts, we successfully expand e-commerce brands into Europe. Uh, We have a sort of a turnkey solution. So when people are expanding to a new market, what typically happens is is that you need 20 different service providers. Well, what we've managed to do is get it all under one roof to make it easy. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. So what kinds of brands would it make sense to expand over into Europe? What sort of size are we looking at? Uh, When does that make sense for them to actually start thinking about Europe? Okay, so this is a great question and something I get asked quite a lot. And I think there's two different answers. It depends if you are a fast growing, scaling business or if you're a steady growing business. Because if you are a really super fast growing business and you need to protect your brand as you're scaling quickly, then you probably want to do that certainly earlier than if you're a more established business that's just moving to the next level of your global building the brand out. So there's two answers. We typically say for most brands, you don't want to be doing it unless you're doing over a million in your home main market. So let's take the US. You know, if you're North American seller, you need to be doing a million give or take before you expand as as a guide. And the reason for that is that you need some cash to be able to expand. It doesn't come free. It doesn't come cheap. And you need to invest in stock to enable that to happen. So a million, give or take, is a great number unless you're a massively fast-growing business and you've done only done a couple of hundred grand, but you can see you're on a trajectory and that's happened in the first few months. Gotcha. So let's walk through, because I'm, I'm super interested. Guys, uh, I was saying this to Andy before we actually started recording here. Um, you know, I get... I. Probably, I mean, Andy, you you know. So Andy also runs his own podcast. And I'm sure that you know how many pitches you get. I probably get 
two a day, something like that, that come through. And, and most times wow. it's like, ah, I don't know if that's a fit. Don't know if that's a fit. This was super interesting to me because, you know, scaling over into Europe for, you know, us people in North America, and especially, I don't know what it is mentally. It's like being on the West Coast. I'm like, that's a long ways away. You know, that is, <laughs> that's an entire continent, an entire ocean. And, and I don't really know anything about Europe, you know, I, even culturally, like there's, I think that there's a lot of differences. Maybe it's a little bit easier as a Canadian culturally going over into Europe. I think we have a little, little more shared values yes. than the US, but still I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know what kind of language to use in advertising. I wouldn't know where to start when it comes to fulfillment, all of these things. So walk me through what it looks like when brands are trying on their own to move over into Europe and some of the pitfalls that you see. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, when you are growing a business, there's all these different pieces of the puzzle that you're trying to work out and some of us work out slower than others some of us work out quick some people will find out what someone else has already done and copy it and I think some of the problems that people face when they're expanding is probably falls into three-ish areas the first one's compliance as a whole like is my business compliant? Is my product compliant? Like, is it just going to get held up at customs? Like all of those things that you you take for advantage in your home market because you just understand that stuff. You know, yeah. you can talk to someone in your local bar, pub, local meetup, event, whatever it is. Oh, what do you do for tax? Like it's straightforward and yeah. easy. But when you're in a different, you a continent and some away, it's really hard to get that information. So compliance is the first thing that you you need to solve, right? So that's the first bit that people find really difficult. They're like, okay, look, this compliance is just too difficult. And compliance is quite a bit more onerous in Europe. Isn't that right? Probably a little closer to Canada, but... It's nearer to Canada. So a lot of the sellers that we work with, the North American based, if they've already expanded to, they've gone from, let's say, the US to Canada, actually they find the jump from Canada to Europe less onerous if you like, because they've already had to do that first step. It's not gotcha. Europe and Canada aren't necessarily similar, but you've already in your mental state overcome the fact that you need to do some different compliance in one form or another. Yeah. Yeah. So you've overcome that hurdle in your head that it's not. The problem with a lot of the people we work with is Europe's a much bigger market as a whole than Canada. So they tend to come to Europe in most cases first before they do Canada. Although totally. it, although there are some tweaks now with the whole import and you know, where people are starting to come into Canada first because of the whole import tax that I know nothing about. Okay, in, in that area. But there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So that so the first thing is the compliance. The first thing is, you know, how do I get my business compliant? How do I get my product compliant? That's the first hurdle. And then the second hurdle is that logistics piece. You know, if you are a traditional e-com seller where you've started everything at home, you started in the bedroom and you've put everything in your garage and you fulfill for your garage, then you've moved into a warehouse, etc. 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 Well, not only have you got to ship your products to said Europe that you know nothing about the customs regulations. You've yeah. then got to get it into a fulfillment house because you can't put it in your garage because you don't have a garage there. So you've then got to find a 3PL. Now, post-Brexit, there's a we had something called Brexit here, which is basically where the UK had a spat with Europe and we decided we no longer wanted to be part of the union. We're still part of Europe, but we're no longer wanting to be part of their customs and their some of their more sort of control, should we say. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's that question around, well, if I'm shipping stuff into the UK, well, how do I get stuff into Europe? Well, do I need to ship stuff into UK and Europe? What does that look like? Yeah. So yeah. that logistics piece then becomes an, another burden of, oh, well, that just goes in that 
I need to talk to someone else about that. Do I talk to someone about warehousing, someone about shipping, someone about customs? Totally. You're just talking to all of these different vendors. Andy, sorry, but before you go yeah. on, because I don't want to yeah. I don't want to continue this interview if is no, is it worth it? <laughs> before we get into more of these issues, is it worth it? <laughs> That's a great question. So <laughs> the market is five hundred and sixty million people in Europe. Okay. So when you compare that to the North American market, it's actually much bigger. Yes. But what you've actually got is 28 countries and 28 countries comes 28 languages. You can look at it. It's kind of like the US in many ways where every state's got its own sort of rules, regulations, tax, you know, nexus, making it all happen, right? Yeah. It's very similar. But the difference being that broadly you all speak the same language in most cases across those states. Yeah. As well as in Europe, across those 28 countries, most of them, yes, most of them speak a generic language of English of some form or another. Yeah. But 28 countries is 28 languages. And actually Amazon and most of sellers that have started on Amazon expand into Europe because it's easy. You know, Actually, there's a lot of other platforms and Amazon isn't the biggest in any or all of those countries. So you don't have the advantage of you've got a monopoly of one, two, three major e-commerce marketplaces if you're on a marketplace across one whole country or your continent, if you like, yeah. as well as you've got Yes, you've got Amazon that's probably taking the majority of that, but each country's then got its own market-leading soft marketplace. Yeah. So the answer is it's worth it, but you've got to be prepared to invest. You've got to be prepared to put the time in. Our When we say we successfully expand e-commerce brands, what that means is, is our target is to get you to 80% of your US sales in Europe. Awesome. So when you actually say, okay, Actually, what does that look like? Yes, we've got more people, but there's more countries. There's more marketplaces. It's yep. much more complicated to organize and structure. But actually, our target to successfully expand sellers is 80%. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. That's great. So 80% of sales in your target area, that's massive, right? That's almost doubling your business if that's really what your aim is. So I know that we talked a little bit before we actually started recording uh, about this, Andy. And we talked about you guys having this seven-step process to actually get brought brands set up running in Europe and then hopefully successfully getting them to that 80% mark and, and hopefully doubling their sales. Everybody in 2022 is looking for something. And and maybe potentially Europe is that growth lever. So I think that you know people should be paying attention to this and what these are. So can you walk us through these seven steps? Yeah. So there's um a few key basically we've worked with over two thousand sellers now across all the different things that we do. And because we are not doing just shipping or we're not doing just VAT or we're not just doing account management, we're not doing just warehouse we're seeing the data points across every brand when they expand into Europe. And what that's been yeah. able, given us the ability to do is to be able to look at what actually it actually takes in order to successfully expand. So what are the key steps you need to make along that journey in order to make sure that you get to that 80%? So let me run through the, the first few because they're sort of the key things. So the first thing is before you even launch, you need to do some market research. You need to make sure that your product's going to be viable in the market. And and yeah, yeah. you need to identify what who's selling it already, who's selling something similar, what the margins might be, what the locations 
might be, which marketplaces might be best. There's a million and one questions I go into that, but really you've got to do the market research or get people that know the location to do the market research to see yeah. if that's going to work. Now, yeah. there are some key things you can do there, but market research is the first thing, right? And you okay. can do that when you're starting a business anywhere in the world. So that should come as totally. no surprise to anybody. The second step is one of the most important, and that's compliance. There's two parts to compliance. There's business compliance and product compliance. So let's start with the product compliance first, because you might have identified that you can sell your product or your, that people are selling your product. What you need to do is make sure your product is compliant with the regulations where you're going to be selling it. So yeah. there's three areas to this that you need to think about. One, what regulations does your product fall under? Secondly, is the product compliant with those regulations? Sort of makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? And thirdly, is the label on the product compliant with those regulations? And in yeah. most cases, what we see is in 98% of cases that people are selling stuff in the North American market, what'll happen is their product's compliant, but they might not have the right certification or they might not have the right stamps or logos. And the label mm. on the product might not quite say the right thing. So, gotcha. But, but quite honest, it's an easy fix, right? It's really straightforward and easy to solve. So that's the first thing is making sure your product's compliant. And the next yeah. thing is making sure your business is compliant. So yeah. make sure that you are registered to pay tax where you need to pay tax. And yeah. what I say here is, is there's a load of who's, what's, where's and maybes under the business compliance piece. But the bottom yeah. line is, if you're selling a product in a country, most likely that government would like a little thank you and a little bit of tax to allow you to pay to sell that product there, right? Absolutely. It's straightforward. So compliance is the next piece in that jigsaw and it's product and business compliance. And there's a whole load of things in there that people need to consider, but that's the next thing. The third thing is deciding on the right marketplace to launch. So where's the right marketplace for your product and in which countries is the right place to start? Because mm. it might not be a case of launching in 28 countries all in one go. It might be just yeah. two on one platform. You've got to get yeah. that right strategy without overdoing it to build yeah. up slowly. And then, so that's the third one, marketplace launch. And the fourth one is having logistics, shipping, customs, warehousing, returns, fulfillment, everything you need in order to be able to do the logistics of running that operation. Because yeah. you're not going to be able to do that yourself. You don't have the ability to do that. Simple things like returns is a massive loss maker if you've not got the ability to get the returns back somewhere, repackage them and yeah. sell them again. Like, you know, yeah. you've got to be able to eke That's out huge. all those little bits. Exactly. So that's the fourth piece. And the fifth piece is promote the product. Yeah, if you think you're going to come and just put your products up and they're going to sell, it's not going to happen. And that day has gone long gone. So it's about making sure you've got the budget to promote the product wherever that is relevant. Like you're going to yeah. have to pay for some ads. And it doesn't matter whether that's on Amazon or on a Shopify store. You're going to have to drive traffic to your product to sell it. Yeah. We could spend a week on that piece alone. So that's the fifth piece. And then six and seven are building websites. You know, if you've already sold on marketplaces and then the last one is about growing into retail and exiting the business been done we've probably had a million webinars on all of those in the past certainly the exit piece it's a big piece right yes. now right so the simple steps are marketplace launch get the compliance of your product set up choose a marketplace you want to launch on get your warehousing your 3PL or logistics all sorted and promote your products so really really simple really really easy and actually it doesn't matter if you're launching in Canada from the US or or India or Australia, actually, the names of these things might change a little bit. You might have GST instead of VAT. You might have you know, sales tax instead of VAT. But the bottom line is 
the process is the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andy, this does sound like a big process. So how do you guys step in and help brands? So what typically happens is uh, people come to us and say, hey, look, we're looking to expand. These are the things we're looking to do. How would you recommend doing that? Because we have the ability to put this all under one roof. So whether you're shipping your products from China or you're shipping them out of our warehouse across Europe, you, we can do everything in between. And what we talk to our clients about is what's your product and what's going to be the best strategy to deliver that? You know, have you got some stock left over in your warehouse in Amazon in your North American market that you're not selling or is slow moving? You've overstocked actually why not get those products into europe and see if we can test the market it's not always about opening up and buying ten thousand more products you know what's the best marketplace strategy so yeah people tend to make what does a typical strategy look like so to get it in your head what does that initial success look like once you've identified the product's going to sell well most sellers we work with typically sell on amazon so if you're already selling on amazon you know Actually, when you come across to Europe, your seller account's going to look broadly the same, all right? Yeah. There's a few minor differences, all right? There's a few tweaks and a few differences, and things tend to launch in the North American market before they launch in Europe. But yeah. broadly, it's the same thing. So what you're yeah. going to be able to do is you're going to be able to look at that, and it's, it's like for like. So that's the first thing. Then you go, well, where am I going to send my products? So we typically recommend you launching the UK, Germany, and the Netherlands. And the okay. reason for that is the UK and Germany account for two-thirds of all sales on Amazon across Europe. So by launching in two countries on Amazon, you get, one, you get access to the whole market, but you get two thirds of all sales or the ability for two thirds of all sales. Yeah, yeah. And we say the Netherlands and the reason for the Netherlands is it's like the logistics entry into the European Union because Germany, France, they're just a pain in the backside to ship into and no one wants hassle shipping products in. So you ship into the Netherlands. So you ship into the UK and into the Netherlands. You fulfill from those two jurisdictions if you like and that gives you access to 550 odd million people awesome awesome andy if people wanted to learn more about how you guys can help them expand into europe what would be the best starting point to get a hold of you guys so best way go on to linkedin search me andy hooper you'll probably find me i'm connected with jordan and you'll be able to find me there or just google global e-commerce experts we're going to come up Uh, we don't have a massive sales process all of our content is online whether you go to our podcast e-commerce expander secrets pretty much everything we talk about everything we do is available free online for you to go and learn if you are cash tight but time rich Go and learn how to do it. We've got YouTube videos and podcasts telling you everything. If you've got the money to invest and you want to make it happen, go and look at the same content to see we're not talking a load of nonsense. Yeah. Get in contact with us to see how we can fast track that. Usual social media channels, but globally commerce experts uh, or Andy Hooper, you can connect with us there. Awesome. Andy, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? System, process, and balls on the line. <laughs> Love it absolutely (laughs) love it yes without number three you cannot scale you have to risk you absolutely have to risk that is the difference between you know companies the the issue with that with that you know what what you said is that people are scared to do that right they're really scared to make those giant leaps but that's where the money's made right that's where success happens is when you actually risk and you're like hey you know what 
you know, this might lose me a million dollars, but I've calculated that at least I'm willing to take that risk. So I love that, Andy. I got three more questions left for you, Andy. Are, are, are you ready? Yep. Awesome. Favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Trello. I think it's okay. an amazing okay. tool, completely free or virtually free. In fact, we've been using it less and less because it's not as integrated in some of our more sophisticated systems. As we've grown, it hasn't yeah. scowled massively with all of everything we do. Yeah. But for people listening... You know, depending on what stage of the your journey you're on, you know, yeah. whether it's planning, notes, you know, for me it was a massive, really, really easy planning tool. You know, you could put everything up and Trello was just epic for that. Yeah. I still use it for you know all of my what I would call coaching notes. I, I don't do much yeah. coaching, but it's more of you know, when we've done courses and educated myself, I've kept all of those notes and got it all into a system, all into a process, so that when I need notes, I've got it straight away. You know, it's the ability to find stuff easily. So Trello is a great little app that you can utilize. Awesome. Awesome. That's great, Andy. Uh, Second question for you. Favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now? So I'm just listening to two. I listen to audio books. I don't really read. Uh, Measure What Matters. Doing that for, I think, for the fourth time now. Mm, mm -hmm. And the guy, it was on my desk. I can't see where it is, but it's gone. Because I have the book. I like to listen to the book while I'm in the car in the gym. And then I come back and look at some notes while I'm here. So Measure What Matters. It's all about objectives and key results for those people have not listened and what we're very good at doing is when talking coming back to the scaling thing is when you're scaling you need to really push hard and you need to find people account and we have 90 day plans so we, we have a business plan broken into four and we have a 90 day plan that we focus on so yeah but what we weren't very good at was breaking that down to make it easy as we've scaled and grown when you're writing the plan in your business you know what it means but the problem with that as you scale is you're then expecting everyone in the business to understand your shorthand or your notes mm. but by having a clear objective of we want to grow by x and then underneath key results of you know, key result one two three four five how we get to the objective is really really key yeah. so that's that one yeah. and the second one is pt barnum there's a customer born every minute so i'm on that for i think the third or fourth time as well it's about how pt barnum and this is the greatest showman story in a yeah. book yeah 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 freaking epic awesome We'll make sure to put those in the show notes, guys. And uh, almost every single one of these books, I immediately go and put on my Audible wish list. Uh, so that's great. Both of those sound amazing. Andy, last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, they have to be alive. Uh, you get an hour with them. You can have whatever you want, some coffee, tea, beer, wine. Can't be Elon Musk. Who would it be? I'm going to say Russell Brunson. Oh, interesting. Why Why Russell Brunson? I've done a lot of his stuff in the past and I've heard a lot of the stuff that he's been through and I totally get you the marketing brain of what he does and to have an in-depth conversation and understand how his brain works to market build funnels which we've not particularly done particularly much of would be really yeah. really interesting you know, lots of people there's so many people out there that you could pick but he's done so much education on virtually everybody you could pick his brain on all those pieces of education like absolutely and if I didn't go that way I'd probably go somewhere the other way so someone who's been down at you like Lots of people say like Bill Gates or someone like that. Like that would be super cool, wouldn't it? You know, someone who's been there, done it and exited and, you know, but almost for me, those sort of people are out of touch. Like mm. they're not, 
Yeah, they're not realistic, right? No, they're just you know, freaks of, of nature almost. And I don't mean that in a derogatory or horrible way. You know, Elon Musk, again, exactly the same. You know, they're like freaks of nature. You know, like, we all want to be that and do that, but we're probably, not all of us are there as well as yeah. someone like that who you can relate to. Yeah. You would be able to have a conversation for an hour. I'm not sure I could hold a conversation with Elon Musk for an hour. Like, yeah. I think you just be yeah, off yeah. the wall. <laughs> oh, that's great. Andy, this was really great to uh, get to chat with you. One more time, where's the best place for people to connect with you? LinkedIn, Andy Hooper, or Global Ecommerce Experts. Probably the best place, easiest way to find us or just hook us up on the internet somewhere along the line. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Andy. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate yours. Thank you very much. And thanks for everyone for listening. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends we also love reviews so if you could leave us one on apple podcasts that would mean so much to us just a reminder from the beginning of the episode our team at mindful marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow now before you apply please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.